But, um, you know, the youth, and I just wanted to let you know, the youth, T, did you want to say anything about your Christmas party or anything? Or you don't have to. You know, the, the youth are bursting at the seams, man. Yeah. They miss all the people that came and helped with a massive party. Kelly, yes. I know, and Amber was here. And I saw people decorating. Kelly, Kelly was out there doing Janine and, and Stacy, I mean, it was a blowout we Hawaiian had a party. Party, yeah, yeah, it was a Hawaiian style party, and uh, I mean, we had at least three kids that's never been to youth before. And as a matter of fact, as almost half of the kids are unchurched. They've been invited by friends, and so we had like 30, 30 something kids there this past Wednesday, and uh, we just had an awesome time. We were able to be a blessing to them, and. And we were able to have a good time. We actually got down and danced at the end, you know, and just had a fun fellowship time and, um, and mainly just talked to them about Jesus right up front, you know, Amazing. and gave them an opportunity to make him and allow him to be Lord of their life. But there's a, a lot of things happening with our youth. Uh -huh. And I believe there's uh, some decisions that need to be made in reference to the increase that's taking place. And, uh, Absolutely. And thank you all so much for your support. A lot of you are supporting our youth in so many different ways and we just thank you for hooking up with us because there's a lot of things that are happening y'all and God's working and uh, we just thank you for all the helpers and volunteers and thank God for a pastor that's behind and with us and oh, man. amen thank you, thank you. he's like uh, you guys, go for it T go for it these two T and Stacey so, are doing such a phenomenal job what T is actually referring to is we we have plans underfoot yeah. to 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 expand and to turn the um, to, to turn our youth, well, the children's room, the big one, into a youth room. Yeah. So that is, means we're going to invest a whole bunch of money yeah. and we're going to do sound system and we're going to change a, b a bunch of stuff because we need more space. These guys were bursting out this back room. They were in the hallway and these poor kids have got no place. So we think that'll be a stepping stone and then we're yeah. even dreaming bigger than that for like m maybe moving our, well, we'll see. Yeah. One and thing at a time. So yeah. One so thing at a time. <laughs> Youth happens on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Yes. So the youth will have the facility on Wednesday, and Sunday morning, kids' church will That's benefit from the same space. Yeah. yeah. Corin's in the birds. back there. That's not a voice from above. That's. Uh, <laughs> it is above. Look, everybody, look at me. I'm above. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zell. No. So no, we are so grateful. Thank you, my brother. Yeah. Well, so good things are happening. That is. You know, talking about things that are happening, there are things that you've got to stay tuned. You're going to be seeing things. Watch the info booth. Remember to text the word um, loop if you want to stay in the loop and get our digital bulletin or have access to our digital bulletin. What's coming up? Because there's a bunch of things. Jimmy Ratch is going to be us for one, with one, one Sunday in uh, January. We are going to launch people Healing University at the end of January. That's going to be on Sunday evenings at 5 o'clock between just at the start at 5. Now, if you've not heard about Healing University, um, it's it's produced by Karis um, and Andrew Womack's ministry. Mel, did you want to say, Mel, Terry, did you want to mention something about Healing University? It is just your girl. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it is great. Healing University is phenomenal. It is, it is a curriculum, but it's not a part of the actual Bible school. It's called Healing University because I tell you what, you can learn how to receive healing for yourself and you can learn how to minister healing to people. There is great, great teaching. Our, it's going to be moderated and led by our very own Keith Bowden. 
but Keith is, or Bowden, whatever, Keith is, does a great job teaching. He's taught grounded for years. And if you know Keith is a teacher at heart, and so he is going to moderate this. So that the format will probably be like half an hour of teaching, of, of, of video curriculum with some of the best teachers on healing that you've ever heard that will take you through a place where you can learn to get healed. I can tell you what, if you've struggled with healing, if you've struggled with understanding healing, you can get laid a foundation of some of these things. And let me tell you, healing is not the only thing. If you say, oh, well, I don't need that because I'm well. I'm telling you, you can learn how to give healing to other people. You can also learn a lot of things, the same principles of faith, the things that you're learning in Healing University, you can, you can use across your life. So put that on your calendar. We're launching that right at the end of January. It'll be on a Sunday afternoon slash evening at 5 p.m. Healing University. So I wanted to give you the heads up. You're going to start seeing it. We're going to advertise it. it these mugs that we give away to our new folk, we will have cards printed. We'll put them in there so people know what's coming. And then there's other things that are coming up as well. So that's all happening in January. Andrew and Barry Bennett are going to be doing the Gospel Truth Conference in Feb. You don't want to miss that. That's a phenomenal couple days um, down in Orlando. A really oppor great opportunity. Then, of course, Overflow. Um, we're doing our Overflow conference. We moved it from April to March back a little earlier this year, um, this next year. So Overflow conference, we've got Clint Byers coming again. We've got Hans Erlinson coming again. We're going to have Pastor Lamont and Sharon. They're going to be in here as well. Um, we've got, um, I'm missing somebody. Oh, the Capras are going to be here. And then, uh, yeah, and then... And Nate, of course, Nate Tanner, a very, uh, a very own kind of evangelist that we, that we support well. So Nate will be here as well. So it's going to be a great couple of days to, to really um, focus on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I really envisage some things. You know, we, can, we have got to. God has pointed me in two very specific areas. And one of those is the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The church, generally speaking, by and large, has sort of turned the person and work of the Holy Spirit into a doctrine. He is not a doctrine. He is a person. And we is very necessary to know, understand how he operates in and through our lives. You can limit God. You can restrict God in your life. If you don't know how to practically lay hold of the person work of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord put this in my heart. And so I know that this is just a piece that we're going to be really pushing in, um, in, in March. And then, of course, April is coming before we know it. There's going to be ladies' retreats and Easter and the rest of the, the stuff. So stay tuned. Also, if you've never been water baptized, I don't know how many of you have ever been water baptized, but it is a required thing. Jesus said that you should be baptized. Water, baptiz water baptism is an important piece, um, and we'll teach you about it. We'll let you know about it. it as we are supposed, there was only two um, sanctioned things that the Lord asked us to do. One of them was to celebrate communion when we get together, to break bread and to, to remember the Lord's death until he comes. And then the other one was to be water baptized. When you are born again, you ought to be water baptized. And that's a public declaration of your salvation. When you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're supposed to be declared to the world, I am dying to myself. That's what water baptism symbolizes, dying to yourself and then being raised to newness of life. If you've not, we've got a baptism font and we have a few people that are on the list. If you want to be on the list, it's not going to happen short, but we're going to set a date quickly. It's pretty soon. Please get your name on the list by texting the word baptism to our texting church number. Just the word baptism, nothing extra, to 352-441-3016. And uh, we'd love to recognize that with you. Don't make that a, a big legalistic thing, but it is a necessary thing. It's a powerful thing if you associate the correct thing with baptism, okay?
So it's you, some of you may, we, we haven't spoken a lot about that, and that's my bad, because baptism, you know, some people say, oh, well, I was in a church when I was little, and they sprinkled water on me. That is not what baptism is, okay? Baptism is not being sprinkled. Mel? Yes, come on. something about baptism and the healing university is amazing but i'm melanie my husband and i help direct the school and at cares bible college here in orlando and for those of you who don't know me <laughs> but the baptism i really wanted to just on the first day of school we had a guest um it was one of the husbands of our student and he came in and the atmosphere was just it's fun and just power packed and he ended up getting born again that day and then he was like, I have to be water baptized. And I was like, yes, you do. So <laughs> we have a lake nearby. <laughs> and so the next day we went out to the lake. And there is something about getting up and making a declaration that I am, Lord, here's my life. I surrender. Amen. And he goes down and as he comes up. He is baptized in the Holy Spirit. He comes up speaking in tongues, totally <laughs> changed, and he started <laughs> school coming up too. But I just wanted you to know it's not a little thing. We've made it very um, legalistic, the mm. whole baptism thing. Right. There's something very powerful there about is. it. So if you have not been baptized or maybe it was so long ago you were a kid, you know, mm. really pray about it mm. because it may be something that it just there's something that isn't it just like yeah. this step, this declaration of right. telling the whole world, yes. I love Jesus and I want him to be part of my life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Mel. Appreciate that. Oh, there you go. That's, yeah, thank you, Mel, for sharing that. Really phenomenal. I just want to show of a hand, how many of you have ever heard about baptism that way or never heard about baptism that way? Is there anybody here? If you don't, that's okay. Just remember, text the word baptism to that and we will be in touch with you we are happy to chat with you don't have to make any decision by just so you know by texting the word baptism doesn't mean that you're signed in and you can't get out you know um but it is a um it is something we can contact you and let you know more about and keep you posted with when it's going to happen and etc etc so it is a powerful thing um yeah hallelujah i in in way of our our just sweetheart what's up oh thank you She's pointing Christmas Eve service announcement. This is coming this Friday, Christmas Eve. This Friday at 5 p.m. we've got a family service, which means the kids will be with us. It won't be a very long service at 5 p.m. It will, it will, um, we will just celebrate. We'll bring, we'll, we'll worship Jesus. We'll have a short message. We'll do cookies. If those of people love cookies, there's plenty of cookies coming. I've already seen some of them. So um, know that, that um, there's sort of like, if you want to do a cookie exchange, bring cookies, you're welcome to. If you don't want to bring cookies and just take a bunch of cookies home with you, that's fine too. But it'll just be an hour Christmas Eve on, on this coming Friday at 5 p.m. Can you believe it's Christmas, folks? This year has flashed by in my mind. So is that it, sweetheart? Anything else? Good? Okay. Okay. Well, in sorry, <laughs> New Year's Eve. This one is not an official service, just so you know. I like to do a New Year's Eve, something very similar, also at 5 p.m. I just do a very informal, I don't, we don't have people. I keep the lights low, we play some soft music, and we just break bread together. I think it's, uh, it's something 
that it's been, it sort of surprised me. One year I did it and there were 10 or 12 people. And one year I did it and there were 75 people. It, it was one of those things that it, I just like it. I think it's a closing of the year. It's an opportunity. I don't wait until midnight. I just love to, I just love to be around the Lord's table. Um, and, and sometimes you just want to put some stuff behind you. And you know what? It's, it's not like it's God's remembering it because he, he bears no record of wrongs. You know that, right? There is no video screen in heaven. Isn't that good? No video screen. Yeah, your mom is not going to see what you've been up to, you know? No, but I mean, sometimes it's about you. It's, a, it's about you just wanting to say, Lord, I, I, I want to put that something to bed. And, and you, can, you can work. And I love to talk about the power of what, of what the communion service, just like baptism is a thing. That's why God gave us these two things, baptism and communion. They can be so powerful in your life to be able to let free, to appropriate the finished work of the cross. Amen. So uh, we just, it's a very, very informal time. It's sometimes it's 30 minutes, 40 minutes, maybe, whatever. It's just not very long at all. In any case, so that's New Year's Eve, 5 p.m. Okay. Can I, and I'm cleared now? Okay. There you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, that's good. You know, um, thank you for the generous giving that you have this year to, to Lake Haven. And I really appreciate it. I know we're getting ready. We've got, some, we've got some money in the bank to pay some debts off. So we're grateful for that. So I'm grateful for the giving we've been able to save up, and people have loaned us some money very generously, and we're able to, to, to give some of that back. Because remember, we had this massive roof project a year or so ago, and we've done these chairs, and we've done these carpets. We are getting ready to do the children's building. We're getting, uh, like I said, not besides the youth thing, that's a whole different project, but we're getting ready to remodel bathrooms. Um, and we were given a whole chunk of money to replace one of our air conditioners. You don't even, you don't know, but this building, these buildings have 13 air conditioners. And when they, when they date back to 1980, they don't even, let me tell you, they are held together. Some of them are held together by spit and duct tape. You know, I, d I don't know what else. And, and um, we have only in this, this same room that you're sitting in as four air conditioners, and we've been running on three for the last eight years. That back corner one doesn't even work. Uh, and so uh, we have been given the money very generously by a generous donor who we are able to get a whole air conditioner replaced. Isn't that awesome? So very grateful. You guys are just out of this world generous, and, and thank you for connecting with us um, because I really do believe we have not even scratched the surface. We just shuffle, we're just getting our feet in the starting blocks for what God has called Lake Haven to and be praying about God what he has called, the role he has called you to play in the body of Christ. Amen. T and I were talking and with Jen and we in prayer this morning. I, 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 am, I am just... I am so aware that each we're each playing a part in this body. You aren't an insignificant part. I'm not an insignificant part, but I can tell you what, none of this happens if it was just me or Corin. We each play a significant role and don't underestimate your role. Don't, un don't think that you are not part, an essential part of the body of Christ, amen. So anyhow, thank you. You can give and... Um, it, the usual ways online, most people give it online nowadays, but we do have drop boxes if you want to drop a check or cash into the drop boxes on the way out and on, on envelopes, etc. Or just mail it in or online or, or whatever. If you're watching online, we love you guys. Enjoy. I know the Christmas season, some of you all are traveling with family and all that. So just uh, enjoy 
I'm glad that you can enjoy your time with us. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, you know what, I don't come here very often, but I get to watch online and participate online. And so we're grateful for technology. We're wanting to step that up a little bit and, and sharpen our edges in, on the, that field as well. So grateful for all you're doing. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for the gifts that you've given us. Lord, we thank you that your calling to us is to bless us, even financially, but most especially not just financially. But Father, thank you that it is your desire that we prosper, that we can be a blessing to others, Father. Thank you, Lord, for being so generous to us, and we thank you for the opportunity to be generous and bless others. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So um, I wanted to carry on this, this, this theme that I've been doing for a couple of weeks called the kingdom philosophy of life. And, and in, in week one, I spoke about what the word philosophy means. And, and it's just a Greek word. It's a compound Greek word, philosophos, the lover of wisdom. That's what the word philosophy means. It's a lover of wisdom. And we spoke in the very first one about there are different kinds of wisdom. There's God's kind of wisdom, which is very different from the world's kind of wisdom. And so when, we, when, so when you hear the word philosophy, don't get scared off by by humanistic sort of philosophy. There's a lot of humanistic philosophy. There is a, there is a worldly way of looking at the world, um, but then there's God's way. And, and that's what I, why I called it the kingdom, a kingdom philosophy of life, because when we embrace the kingdom, this kingdom is very different, is very, very different to the way the world works. And I find in, in travel and so on, with a lot of believers, there is a, there is a large part of the body of Christ that live basically with the mindset or philosophy, or a paradigm that just looks at the world through the same eyes. They think like, well, I'm saved, praise God, I'm going to go to heaven, hallelujah. And that's, not to underestimate that, that is the most important thing by far. But if you don't understand that this is a kingdom that you've been called out of, which we've spoken about in the first one, we have been delivered, it says in Colossians, from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son. We are no longer under the dominion of darkness. I'm not going to start teaching on the devil yet, but I can't wait. <laughs> but we, we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. But there, there, is, there is a kingdom way of looking at things, and we need to change the way we think. And, and so that's what we're doing in this discussion, in this, these talks about the kingdom. It's super, super important. You know, we, we sang this last worship song was, uh, you know, that we will not be shaken. Do you know that that is a choice? Because you're a believer doesn't mean you will be shaken or not shaken. I'm going to say it again. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you will be shaken or not shaken. I know lots of believers that are totally shaken. They live in fear. They're trembling in their boots. They don't know how to, and I'm not, I'm not talking, that's not you, right? Because you, when, when you embrace a kingdom, we can embrace an unshakable kingdom. And, and in Hebrews chapter 12, listen to this, um, verse 26, at that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made. What has been made? Everything <laughs> has been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That word receiving, lambano, is something that you have to seize. It's a, lamb, it's a taking on. You have to actively receive and receive a kingdom. It does not happen by osmosis. 
Are you part of the kingdom? Yes. Are you part of the body of Christ? Yes. Does that mean that you don't have to be an active part of the body of Christ? Yes. You can be a spastic, inactive, and part, part of the body of Christ, but very much important, very much just as valuable as anybody, but a very much a non-functioning part of the body, very much a non-functioning part of the kingdom, because you've never been taught or learned, or nobody's ever even mentioned to you, there is a kingdom that you can participate in. There are benefits from the kingdom that you can participate in or not. I chose, I spoke to you last week about free will. Um, I, 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 you know it's a pet pet project i mean a pet doctrine or something for me to trust but it's super super important for us to deal with the whole uh, and uh, uh, the the whole free choice you've got to understand about god's sovereignty who's in control what our authority is what what um what what your role is what this whole sovereignty thing this god is in control and what free will is if you now i'm not going to go there today but it is a super important piece of this puzzle what do you want to call it, call it that? So many bad, 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 evil, de devilish doctrines have got a foot on the foundation of God is in control. And the problem is the church thinks it's a good thing. A lot of the church thinks, oh yeah, but it sounds so good that God is in control. Now you've heard me teach, I know it goes very quiet really quickly. But it's just like, listen, it's not saying that God is not all-powerful, that he isn't. But let me tell you what, God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a liar, and we're not going to go into that. But so I touched on it again last week. But man, that is something that you have to lay hold of with your mind and your heart and understand the doctrine because so much of the word of God is very, very clear about our participation, our, what, what it is our free will that participates in so much. And so we were talking about, we were talking about some of that last week and, and we finished off when we, when we spoke about grace and faith. Remember, we said, and, and like Corin's clear, uh, very clear illustration was grace is God holding his hand out to you and faith is sort of us laying hold of his hand. You know, that was a very practical, wonderful illustration because grace is God's part of what he's freely given to us and faith is our part of how we lay hold of that. And, and again, this is not the series to go lay into faith and, and, and understanding what faith is. You do not earn anything, anything, anything from, from God. But, but we'll touch on that uh, just a bit. But, but this kingdom is, one is an invisible kingdom. And so grace and faith is, is, is such an essential part because it's, by, it's the just that shall live by faith. Remember, it's, it, it's a Habakkuk scripture. It's mentioned three times in the New Testament that the just shall actually live by faith. Faith is how, it, it is by grace. It says in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. You, it, it is so important because this kingdom is invisible the word saved we've said it so many times but saved is more than just going to heaven the kingdom benefits are in that word sozo you lay hold of all the kingdom benefits by grace god's free gift through faith again We'll, you'll have to come back and we'll have to lay hold of the faith thing and really chew on the faith. That's sometime, but that's not part of this. It's important to understand kingdom is invisible. Remember, it's an invisible kingdom because Jesus said, don't go looking for it. Some people are going to come and say, this is the kingdom. Come here, come here, the kingdom's over there. And Jesus said, no, it's not. Jesus says the kingdom of God is within you. 
In fact, if you go and study that, it's fascinating to watch how many translations say among you. But the word is in, in, in you. The kingdom is within you. And, and, and to understand that the kingdom isn't out there. You don't go looking for it when you go and sit down at church one day. The kingdom is something that you internally can experience. So even though you may not be able to see it uh, and it's invisible, but you have to lay hold of it by grace, freely given, means you can't earn it. God has given us every, every piece of it by faith. The finished work, the just shall live by faith, you know. Um, I like this little thing about faith, and then I'll, I'll move around there. Faith, faith, if faith is on its own without grace, and I've been in churches like this, where if, if, you, if you ignore the grace part that God has already given and earned it and done it for you, then what, you, then what faith becomes is, is this legalistic attempt to move God. So you try and have enough faith so that you can get God to get a healing or to get God to do this. Or get, that is not what faith is. In fact, that can be filled with unbelief. If you are asking God, I know I'm creating, stirring the pot, but if you are asking God to do what he's already done, you're not in faith, you're in unbelief. If God says, here is healing, it's yours, and you say, oh God, please give me healing, he's gonna be like, what? Why don't you believe what I just told you? Okay, so remember, it's, it's, faith is not something that goes and looks for something. It could so easily, so much of the body of Christ is either on the grace side or on the faith side, but it's so important to understand it's by grace through faith. Amen. Okay, so we've touched on some of that stuff. It, and, and by the way, can't get away from this. Faith is not, faith is not, um, uh, you know, you just take a blind step of faith. There's nothing blind about faith. Faith is not blind. Faith is based on evidence. Faith is based on evidence. We'll have to leave that for another time. <laughs> faith is based on evidence. It's what evidence are you filling your heart with? God's word is forever settled in heaven. Forever settled in heaven. Or your, is your faith, or is what you're seeing with your heart established on what God says? Or are you looking at your five senses? Amen. Okay. So anyhow, so, so here, listen to, I'm going to take a step out of that. We spoke about the invisible kingdom here a little bit, but, but remember these words I wanted to just touch on. J both John the Baptist and Jesus used these words. In, in Matthew 3, uh, verse 1, it says this, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Of course, that word, we've seen it on so many, the word repent, Man, you know, every street preacher wants to say, repent, you know, stop sinning. And, and again, a lot of Bible translations even say that. They even say, stop sinning, stop doing what you're Let me tell you, people, a sinner can't stop sinning. That's like saying, cats, 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 become dogs, start barking. You can't, how, I don't know how many churches you've been in, but I know that it's an exercise in futility to try and stop sinning. That's never been what the word repent means. It's the Greek word metanoia, which literally means change your mind. Okay, so it's very important to understand that word repent. Repent, says John the Baptist, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus says the same thing. He begins his ministry in Mark chapter one and verse 
14, and uh, now when John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of, of God, listen, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. He's not saying stop sinning and believe the gospel. He, why is this call to repentance, metanoia? Because listen to Luke 18 says this, Jesus, um, in verse 16, Jesus called them, talking about little children, saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Does that mean if you're not a child, you can't have the kingdom of God? No, 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 no. You, truly I say to you, verse 17, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Matthew 18, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Remember, there's the, even a couple of the apostles or disciples had a fight about who's going to be greater in the kingdom. It's amazing how our ego works, right? I really want to be great, you know, whatever. But they, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And calling to, to, uh, and calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, that word is powerful, by the way. If you look at all the trulies, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, why is the deal with the children? You see, because this repentance, this, this kingdom we're talking about, you have to be able to, well, there must have been preteens. It must have been preteen children. So let's define children. Because children will accept a truth that you give them. Children will say, okay, you said it, I believe it. Children will, will take that to heart, to repent and to be willing to change your mind. The humility that we've touched on before, when God says God opposes twice in the New Testament, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. We, the humility that's required is that you have to be prepared to embrace this kingdom. It is so contrasting to the world. Everything you know about the world and the kingdom don't work together. It's so different. And that's why God says, you've got to be like a child, people. You've got to be humble. If you want to participate in this, you're going to have to become like a child. You're going to have to learn like a child. Teach me from scratch. But you know what most of us adults do? Well, that's not what I heard. I was told, I believe. Well, hold on a second. Now listen, if you have that, if we adopt, each one of us, any one of us, in every area, if we don't adopt a, a continual, humble, teachable attitude for the rest of our lives, we will not be able to lay hold of kingdom principles and live in kingdom principles. All kingdom principles. Yes, do kingdom, when I say invisible, does that mean that it's just this ethereal kingdom that doesn't touch this world? No, 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 no. You can experience healing and prosperity. Jesus said, I came that you can have life and have it to the full. That word full is pleru. It's over and super abundant life that God has in, intended for us. If we're, we are not supposed to live sick. We are not supposed to live limited. We are not supposed to live poor. We're not supposed, any one of those things. Jesus was made poor so that we can become rich. He was, he took our sickness so that we can be well. All of these things can but we cannot even see it one and two participate in it unless we adopt it like a little child we have to be teachable and remain teachable 
When we have that, you can't teach me anything. But listen, it's one thing to adopt that ad attitude and say, one day I'm going to be to heaven and, and you don't, you're going to just rely on all your worldly ways to get you there. Because that's what we typically do in the West. Well, there's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such, and listen, there are, there are, there are pr godly principles. And certainly that you, there's, there's lots of godly principles in the kingdom. I'm not going to get, let me get lost in that way. But one, let's just look at about something else about this kingdom. This kingdom is so inverted. It is an inverted kingdom. I say from compared to this dominion, this world we live in, it's almost completely inverted. In fact, it's both inside out and it's upside down. In Luke 17, it says this. You've heard this. We've said this before. Where Jesus says in verse 20, he says, I'm just fast forwarding a little bit. Um, uh, he said, the kingdom, with it, oh, being, oh, sorry, verse 20. When asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God he, uh, would come, he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Now you can chew on that one. You can't see it by your eyes. I'm telling you. We have chased stuff with our eyes for so long, and it's just flesh. We've ran from conference to conference to conference to see what the preacher is going to do, who he's going to lay hands on, who's going to fall down. And I'm telling you, a lot of that is just plain old flesh. Because we're looking at it from the outside. Stuff that can be observed. And then we wonder why we never filled. We wonder why we never satisfied. But Jesus said, you come to me if you're thirsty, and you will never thirst again. You can participate in the kingdom where you are inside. You're not running from conference to, oh God, give me another shot. I desperately need you. I desperately need you. And then we cry out with all these things. It's like, you know how much unbelief that is? Jesus already, God told you, gave you his word. He will never leave you or forsake you. But we say, oh God, where have you gone? The heavens are like brass. The heavens are like brass and, oh, pastor, won't you pray for me when you get into the church today? Because I, I you know, like God is, lives here somewhere on the stage. I don't want to offend people, but sometimes, sometimes I just can't help it. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes I, I, had a, I had a talk with a, a lady that used to come here once and she wanted to come in front and swing something and do something. And I was like, hey, listen, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I don't want a distraction. You're welcome to do it in the back. And she said, no, 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 no. I want to do it before the Lord. I was like, well, he's back there too. I don't know. I mean, you know, do you want me to go and stand at the back there? And if I move this there, then where is God going to be? But you see, our terminology gets all framed up and we call this the altar. Man, if there was an altar, we would be binding things to it and slaughtering things. But it's not an altar. There is no altar here. We so, mindsets are so entrenched in religion but, but it's like, so what they're really saying is, no, I want to make sure people see what I'm doing. As long as I can dance and people can notice me, then I'm in the kingdom. Or I'm doing that for God. Why can't you do it? You think, you know that when you're on your own and you can worship God, that that's just as much, that's, if you can do it from your heart, that's worship before God. Because you see, we, 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 Jesus said, this, this is not an observation thing. I, I, I do. I get sick. I get sick of this. I've been to listen. I've been to more meetings than you can probably count. And I, seeing this thing about running to the front and 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 it it's, it it bothers me. 
it bothers me when we're trying to pursue greatness and ego and, and stuff like that, where Jesus was like, hey, listen, guys, this kingdom is not going to be, you. this is something that you've got to step in and lay hold of. So I hope you can hear the heart that I'm speaking with. I don't want to be critical. I, I don't want to be critical. But it is something that you've got to be, are you, is it enough for you not to be noticed? I, I honestly believe that so it, this kingdom is so inverted. And then he says, the kingdom is not there. Don't look, here it is, there it is. He says, the kingdom of God is inside of you. It's in the midst of you. How about this in, in Matthew 23, when he says, woe to you, in verse 25, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and plate, but inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. You know, <laughs> Here these Pharisees looked, the re- they played the religious role. And tell you what, religion is sickening. Religion will sacrifice an adulteress to catch Jesus. Religion has never cared about people. It's always about the ministry. And God forbid that we make this about the ministry. Ministries should be there to serve people. That's what the goal of the ministry is. And so he said, woe to you, Jesus. One of the, he said, woe to the scribes and Pharisees. Woe to them. And you can go and read the seven woes that he gave to the, 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 scri- the scribes and the Pharisees and all that. But he says that, listen, outwardly you look the part. And let me tell you, Pharisees, they had to be pretty, pretty sincere to keep those kind of rules. But they were sincerely deceived too. They were absolutely, he says that you, inside he says, Jesus says, you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, clean the inside of the cup and plate and the outside may be clean automatically or, or may also be clean. Jesus said this so many times and I'm not gonna go into messages on the heart because you know that's a big part of what we believe. Where your heart is the center of what you believe. You clean up the inside what Jesus is saying and outwardly you, get, you clean up. You start on what's inside and outwardly it, it shapes up, right, okay. So then this, um, yeah, God's kingdom has always worked. We are here, listen carefully, we are here to influence the world around us. But it is from the inside out and not from outside in. Religion will tell you, clean up on the outside, pretend to be, in, and the world says, man, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. I could tell you lots of stories from my schooling days, but religion, it so wants to look the part. And I I know that it means well. A lot of time people mean well, but I tell you what, Jesus says we affect the world from inside out. If you don't have an inside out view of the kingdom, then this is what happens. You don't have victory because you adopt a victim mentality. It's always the pastor's fault, the president's fault, your spouse's fault, whoever's fault, because they shouldn't have done that. They pressed my buttons, they did this, they made those laws, they did this, they did that, and you're not taking any responsibility for you. You should worry about you and God and let it flow out of you. 
You change. You get the grace of God, which is freely. You lay hold of it. Forget about how bad your spouse is. Focus on you because that's the only person that you can work with. But as soon as you adopt this, well, if they do this, and if the pastor does this, and if that happens, then, then we've got somebody to blame. Religion can't even be blamed. Religion is just bad teaching. You know that ultimately, when I talk about your religion, you know what I'm talking about. It is up to you to read the Word of God. If you don't read the Word of God, don't point your finger at anybody come that day. Because you won't, have it, you, you won't be able to. We have entered into a personal, one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus, or we don't. But as soon as we make it external and point to everybody else, then we never take responsibility for my personal walk with Jesus. And that is where it's going to happen. If you want to see dramatic life change in you, if you want to see lives change, if you want to see the kingdom flow through you, it's got to start from inside here. It's got to be between you and Jesus. This is not about outward in, it's about inward out. It's also up, upside down. So it is inverted. It's not only inside out, it's upside down. Because this, the, for, for, um, in Matthew 20, verse 1, it says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. Now, I'm not going to go through this whole parable. There are so, I, I, I didn't exercise this last week. I just took every passage of scripture where it's just talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And it's fascinating to see how many times Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. This is how he's teaching the kingdom principles, right? Okay, so in this thing, he's talking about, basically he's talking about the unfairness of God's goodness. I know that sounds contradictory, but God is totally unfair, and he's not unfair towards you. He's unfair towards himself. He will bless people no matter what you deserve or not. In any case, in, in, but it goes to this in verse, um, in verse 16, and then he talks about this, and he says, you've heard this, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. So it is upside down. How about this? Matthew 23. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now, we've heard these scriptures before. But what does that mean to you? Exalting yourself? If you exalt yourself, says Jesus, you will be humbled. But if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. Jesus comes, the Lord of all. He empties himself of his divine clothing, so to speak. He takes on the very nature, it says in Philippians 2, of a servant. The very nature of a servant. And then it says that that should be our attitude. We should adopt the attitude of a servant. Now, now people, again, if we live so much in this world, that doesn't make sense. Because we don't want to do menial labor. We don't want to be there. I remember when we came years and years ago, I was in a church and, and, and um, some older, older ladies asked for some help with a project. And it was interesting to me. My heart was actually saddened because what I noticed was there was a bunch of young people in the ministry at the time. And they kind of looked at, I saw these old ladies pottering around asking for help. And then there were these young 20-somethings uh, roundabout. And they wanted to go and do their thing. And so they just 
looked inside at this, these ladies working away and ducked out the thing. And I thought, yep, servant-heartedness. Now, I'm not trying to judge that person. I don't know what they were up to that day. They, they may have had an emergency to go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about are, are we willing to actually put principles into place where we actually say, th say this. Jesus, Jesus himself, after three years of ministering, great miracles, blah, 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 the night before he was crucified, goes and takes a towel, remember? Wraps it around and washes feet. In John 13, Jesus washes our feet. Jesus, even today, I can tell you what, Jesus would walk in here and wash your feet. He didn't change when he put on heavenly glorious garments why because he knows how to serve the greatest among us will be a servant god jesus has the demeanor of a servant he has an attitude of a servant do you see how different this kingdom is inside out upside down because the world doesn't operate like this the world says step on your friend make sure he's underneath him but that's that's not how Jesus works. That's not how the kingdom works. Now, there's, Jesus, there's actually laws in the kingdom. There, there are very different laws. Sowing and reaping is a law of the kingdom. Seed time and harvest are laws of the kingdom. The law of the heart and soil. Now, we've spent series talking about Nourish and Flourish was the title of the series, and we spoke about the law of the seed. As every seed, one of the laws of the kingdom, every seed, what bears after its own kind. You don't sow one kind of seed and get it up. It's a law of the kingdom. There are kingdom laws that you can benefit from, and we, kingdom laws that you don't benefit from. But, but sowing and reaping operates across so many things. If you, it says that to him who has, more will be given, and to him who has not, even what he has will be taken from him. There's an element of kingdom law that says, you know what, I ha have to, if you want to see good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, you sow. And that works both negatively and positively. We've seen it in, we've seen it in cash, in 2 Corinthians, in money, certainly. And I know there's been an abuse of that sometimes, making it all about money, but it is still true there. He who sows generously will reap generously. He who sows sparingly will reap, will reap sparingly. But good when it's talking about the other time, it's talking about judgment and condemnation and all of those things as well. If you sow condemnation and judgments, you're going to reap. Good measure, pressed down, shake, running together will be poured. If you're getting a harvest of judgment from people and condemnation from people, Jesus is going to say, I told you so. Why? Because you're putting kingdom law to work. You're using kingdom law. If you're using forgiveness is one of those same things Jesus speaks about. Forgiveness is in, in the same category. If you hand out forgiveness, guess what comes back to you? More forgiveness. Good measure, pressed down, running to over, will be poured back in your lap. So if you want forgiveness, get what? Be forgiving. If you don't want condemnation, guess what? Don't be condemning. You will get a good measure pressed down, running together. It's laws that operate in the kingdom. And that's, that's really, really where I kind of want to stay with, with that. Because there, 
We could speak at length, and there's really, really, really good books on this topic. Pastor Greg has got some. Barry has got some. Andrew's got lots. Jim has got. The laws of sowing and reaping are profound, and you can make them work for you, or you can make them not work for you. You can ignore them and say, I don't believe it. I don't care. I don't believe that. And then guess what? You just won't participate in those laws. I mean, let me rephrase. You will be participating in the laws whether you want to. You will not benefit from the laws if you don't want to benefit from them. But Shannon, you're saying that it's works. No, I'm not. I'm saying that the kingdom operates on laws. Jesus gave us the way we operate in the kingdom. That's why he said the kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like this. It's not legalism to get it. These are kingdom established laws. Does that make sense? So condemnation, judgment, forgiveness, money. There's so many things that you can sow into in your life. If you don't, if you don't make time, what you sow, you, whatever you make time for, you sowing time. You're sowing effort. Everybody has 24. Doesn't it bother you when people say that? Everybody has 24 hours in the day. Everybody. President Trump or President Biden or whoever, what the most, the most busy people, rich people have 24 hours in the day. Some of the other, everybody has 24 hours in the day. So we all have the same amount of time every day. So how we spend that is up to us. If you sow to the flesh, it says in Romans, you will reap from the flesh if you sow to the spirit you will reap from the spirit so let me ask you which do you want do you want to reap from the spirit then you know what it's not it's more than saying but but listen to this this is the practicality this is the wisdom practical application of knowledge the wisdom the philosophy here is if I want to participate in this, I don't just say, mm, 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 nice doctrine, I agree with that. I agree with that doctrine, yes. Too enthusiastic, thumbs up, pastor. No, it's like, no. If you want it to benefit, you actually have to go and do it. You actually have to go and sow to the Spirit. What does that mean? Good question. Come back with an answer after you study it this week. If you sow to the flesh, what does that mean? What does it mean, Lord? Why don't you ask the Lord that question? What does it mean, Lord, if I sow to the flesh? What does it mean if I sow to the... Now, all of these, let me just take a little press the pause button. You have, I, when I teach like this, I'm teaching to children of God. You know that we're established on the unshakable foundation of God's unconditional love. You are loved as much as you ever will be loved. God doesn't love you any less right now, whether you participate in these rules or don't, than he will one day in heaven when you're with him. God's love has never changed. You are not going to change his love. No matter how much you miss it, you, you will not change his love towards you. It is firmly and unconditionally unconditional. Unconditional love. So don't hear with a legalistic veil, with a legalistic filter, that if you don't do this, God loves me less. That's not what anybody is saying. You are loved just as much. 
But do you want to participate in kingdom principles or don't you? Because if you do, then you're like, hold on a second. If I sow to the spirit, I'm going to reap from the spirit. If I sow to the flesh, I'm going to reap from the flesh. If I sow this way, I'm going to reap this way. That's just talking about the laws of the kingdom. The demeanor of a servant, greatest is less. Those are all principles. They don't change because you're so special. We're all so special that God gave us these things. We're all, you are that special, but you and everybody else. Even the sinner next to you who is foul-mouthed and murdered people and has abused people is loved by God. I know that's a hard pill to swallow. I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's absolutely true. While we were still sinners, God loved us. He has loved us with an everlasting love. There is nothing. We can go after scripture, after scripture, after scripture. And you have to be firmly rooted and grounded in the foundation of God's love. So when I teach and speak like this, please don't, don't just say, oh, well, Shannon's just, I, I, I can't teach the whole <laughs> word of God in a, in a Sunday. I'm assuming that we spent how long talking about the love of God and foundations of grace and faith? Because this is the, f the pillar. This is what Jesus said in Ephesians. Well, I mean, Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus, yes, says, writes to us through Ephesians 3, that be, we are rooted and grounded. We're established in the love of God. There is, so that is the, if you want to sow in your, into your spirit, then absolutely go to D group with T and Stacy. And don't just stop there because that's not a course. God doesn't care if you've done six or seven or eight or ten little lessons. There's no certificate in heaven for doing it. It's have you laid hold of the truths? Are they in you? Have you, have you seized, have you lambanoed them? Because that's what you, listen, that, that you, I've got to say it again, but passive, passive reception, we think that, well, if God wanted me to have it, I will just have it because he wants me to have it. You, you don't, that's like, that's like saying, there is, geez, you have to seize upon and make it your own. That is what lambano is. God has freely given it to us, but will you lay hold of it? Because again, if you don't, if you don't hear this, if you don't say, then, then guess what? And it doesn't happen in your life, then you say things like, well, God, I, I asked God and he just didn't heal me. So I guess it's not God's will to heal. That's what people say. And I've, there's books and books, hundreds of books that are written that way. Hundreds of denominations that talk about it like that way. It's called circumstance theology. They depart from the word of God and they say, well, I asked God and, and God didn't do it, so I, I, I guess it's not God's will to heal. Man, that's a slap in the face of Jesus. One big massive slap in his face and says, you're sticking your bony finger in the face of Jesus and saying, Jesus, you're a liar because I know better. I don't know how else to say it, sorry. There is absolutely Jesus' way, and are we, are we willing to say, okay, Lord, I will humble myself. I will be teachable. I will hear your word, what you are saying to me. Because we're, and I'm going to finish here, because there, there, we have to be just willing to embrace that. That's it. 
We just have to be willing to embrace it and say, Lord, it is as you said. I, could, I can tell you that God loves you more than you can possibly know. There is phenomenal teaching from the word of God that you can get yourself established in. Mel and Terry, as I said, they run Karis. If you want to do a great course that you can want to do, lay hold of uh, a great Bible school teachers, there's a phenomenal course. We are going to, in this next year, not only do we have Healing uni- Healing University is phenomenal. If you don't know, a lot of those lecturers that, that teach it, most of those lecturers are Bible school teachers, uh, lecturers. Come to Sundays. Listen, but listen, set your intention. I said this last week. Intention determines what the heart sees or the, the mind sees and the heart perceives. If you, if you just, if you come with an attitude that dare you to bless me, dare you to impress me with some new knowledge, it's, it's not about new knowledge. It's about laying hold, laying hold in your heart of what these things are that God can, because he will, we, we, that you aren't any better, but you aren't any worse than anybody else. Every one of us has failed. And let me tell you this, this is a journey, people. We are all on a journey. You haven't arrived. I certainly haven't arrived. We're on a road. Now, understand that this is not a journey to earn fulfillment from God. This is not an earning, sorry, a journey to, to, to be qualified or accepted. This is not a journey to eventually get your healing. No, it's a journey of, of getting your heart established in what is. And the more you get your heart established on what is, and you align up what is with what is, <laughs> what is in the reality, I spoke about the matrix, when, when, that, that when you believe in your heart what is, and you establish, get it established in your heart, you will experience these things. That is what faith is. Faith is getting ourselves established in truth. Establishing ourselves, getting ourselves persuaded of truth. And I'm sorry to say, if, if you hear it this way, but that takes effort. It takes effort to learn. It takes, there is some effort involved in opening up your Bible. There is some effort involved in studying your Bible. There is some effort involved in switching off your favorite TV show if that's all you watch. There is some, you know what I'm saying? I, this is not about earning anything from God, amen? Okay, well, I just wanted to you know, mention that because there are laws in the kingdom. There's, and, and, and we will carry on. You know, we'll, I'll try and wrap this up I, I, because I'm really giving an overview of kingdom truth. I'm not going too deep into all the laws of the kingdom. Uh, and and we would carry on on a series like this for a long time if we had to go and bury in faith and in grace and we had to reach each one of these. But there is a language in the kingdom. There is a language in the kingdom and you cannot even hear kingdom language. There is, the, if we can touch on just, we'll just touch on that one. And then, and then of course, then you know the ones that we've spoken about other times in prayer. There's keys. Jesus, I give you the keys of the kingdom. We'll have to touch on that. Amen. But let's just close our eyes together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present here. That you never leave us or forsake us. That you don't walk into the room when we sing the song just right. Or when the band plays just right. 
but that you are absolutely always with us because that is what you said. So Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We give you glory and honor for what you're teaching us. Lord, teach us the ways of the kingdom. Lord, teach us to lay hold of these things. Father, I pray that we won't take these words and turn them into legalism to try and earn something from you. Try and make something happen. Father, that we hear your heartbeat and we say, Lord, I hear who you are. I learn. I want to I align myself with your truth. I do. I choose to. If, if that's just a choice in your heart right now, that is a big deal. Just an honest choice. If you do not know Jesus, an honest choice in your heart is what it's about. If you listening to my voice across time and space through the internet, cyberspace, it's just a matter of saying, honestly, Jesus, I need you. And I promise you, he will meet you where you're at. It can be a quiet prayer on your lips, but with, if he hears the language of your heart, says that a bruised reed he will not break smoldering he will not he will not extinguish tell you what your father loves you this is about you he wants you to succeed he wants you to live in an abundant life he wants you to experience everything but let us be aware let's make a determination lord i will perceive and see this kingdom I'm, I will open my eyes in fact say that quietly to yourself if you need it but I will open my eyes to what you saying to me about the kingdom your kingdom thank you father for delivering us from the dominion of darkness thank you father that we are not subjects of that world but that we are children of God And as we dismiss here in a couple minutes, I just want to have, have a big shout out to both Keith and uh, uh, Steve and Elise here. They are so awesome ministers. I tell you what, both of these guys, and we're going to talk about prayer in the new year. We're going to have a prayer class, and I'll tell you more about it in January, about effective prayer. And I can tell you what, these guys know how to pray. They know how to teach people how to pray. They know how to get effective prayer effective prayer because i can tell you what a lot of praying today is loaded with unbelief because people haven't learned how to pray a lot of believers today waste a lot of time praying because they do not know how to pray they're asking god to do what he's already done and and i'm telling you both of these or not both of them all three of these kept here know how to pray they know how to hear god they know how to teach on prayer but if you need something, you ne if you want to share something, if you want to lighten, you want to, whatever it is, if you want to, I want to highly recommend. And if you're watching online, text the word prayer to our texting church number. You know it, 352-441-3016. Text the word prayer and somebody will be in touch with you and we will pray for you. Amen. Amen. So whatever that determination is in your heart, just seal it up and say, Lord, I, I keep that in my heart. I guard that seed.
Lord, thank you that your seed, your word, the seed of your word doesn't return void in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good. Anything else, my brother? We're good? We're good. Well, guys, we love you. We have overflow this week. We will not have it the following week, but there is overflow this week, and there is Christmas Eve service, cookie service, whatever you want, a candlelight service on um, Friday night. We love you guys. Have a great day. I mean, a great rest of the day and week. Um, come to Overflow if you want to work and learn more about Holy Spirit and His gifts. And then come up and receive prayer from these awesome prayer ministers.